coming up on Unpolished MBA. So what is going to be the easiest way to provide value to them that's going to naturally make them want to refer you? And when you do those things properly and then you create all this content, then all of a sudden you're feeding the machine, you're feeding your strategy, the implementation of it, because off of your community, off of your podcast, you're able to create eBooks and videos and audiograms and blog posts and email newsletters and insights so that you're providing value in this multitude of ways. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our next episode of Unpolished MBA. And today I have with me Diana Mitchell. Hi, Diana. Hello, Monique. It's good to see you. Well, here are you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on. You're one of my LinkedIn favorites. I'm going to start by asking you the same two questions I ask everyone else. Are you an entrepreneur or a corporate employee? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no. So we were just talking about this off the air. So I am an entrepreneur. I have been since 2011. And then I took this weird little detour back into corporate America at the start of COVID. And I'm blissfully, thankfully, back into entrepreneurship. Corporate America is not for me. I love and respect it. And certainly my clients are, but it's just, it's not where I meant to be forever. Yeah. I understand. I just made a post about that on LinkedIn, by the way. We'll come back to that. Our our next question is MBA or no MBA? No MBA. I have a master's in public relations. It's multidisciplinary PR and management, but no MBA. Wow. But that's, that's incredibly powerful to have like that PR background. Let me understand how that ties into the work you do now, because Mm -hmm. you're really good at whatever it is that you you're doing on LinkedIn. You're very great writer. Your copywriting is awesome. You're great at storytelling. Does that come from that, that masters, that PR? Okay, Monique, you're like making me feel like a million bucks here. Thank you. And listen, every all of the unpolished NBA guests are worth a million bucks. Like in case you guys nice. haven't realized that yet, the top of the notch comes on here. So yeah. duly noted. So actually, it goes back a little further. So my BA is in English. I had this vague notion of wanting to be a writer, but I had no idea what that meant. And I had no courage to actually attempt to be a a writer. (laughs) So I kind of fell into marketing. I worked in market research in college, which was actually really valuable. I called people on the phone and conducted surveys and heard them talk about brands and what they loved and didn't love. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in radio. And then somehow I was like, this is not a path for me. I need to go back to school. And what's a career where I can write and PR and marketing were attractive to me. So mm-hmm. I found a program, I got in and yeah, multidisciplinary PR and, and management. And the whole thing really was just a lot of writing and understanding what people want to hear or how they need to hear it. But to be honest, other than racking up student loan debt and uh, meeting some great people, I truly believe that most marketing leaders and especially marketing creatives can be successful without going for a master. So it helped me define my career path a bit, or at least like point me in the right direction. I wouldn't say that it was a game changer in helping me be who I am today. Wow. Well, the way I see you write and the way I see you present different information like online, it just seems very natural for you 
So I could totally see that. I'm thinking maybe you had some stellar training, but it sounds like, no, maybe that's just who you are. And that's great. But let's talk a little bit about your content strategy here, because please describe, first of all, what content strategy is. A lot of people don't even know what that is, but it's, it's hugely important, especially in this day as we're talking about, you know, personal brand building, company brand building. And, and it's not just today. It's going to forevermore be that way, I believe. Yeah. So do you mind describing a little bit about what content strategy is and, you know, the importance of it? Yeah. And, you know, brand building is all, it's all so important, right? And, but what happens is this just myopic view of, okay, we have to build our brand or we have to build our employees' brands because that will help our brand. And yes, and yes, but, right? Because mm-hmm. when you focus on the tactical implementation, like I'll have clients or prospective clients call me up all the time and like, we need to do X, we need to do LinkedIn, we need to do TikTok. Well, <laughs> maybe and probably, but that's not the right question you should be asking. And so a content strategy is literally that roadmap, that guide map, that's going to ensure that the actions you take from a content perspective align with your overarching marketing goals, but especially your business goals. Because you know, there's a lot of people, you and I see these every day. They tell stories. Actually, I think we were just, I just posted about this yesterday. You know, the story about like the busted tire and the sick kid, like every calamity that could befall someone and they couldn't get hired by anyone. Or my VP told me to ignore them and I said no, but they're conspicuously not tagged in this post and we have no idea who they actually like. These like made up things. So these are like attention whores on LinkedIn and they get attention. So like, their goal is attention. And, and I think that's what businesses, many businesses and individuals strive for. They believe that attention equals success, but it it doesn't. And you can get a thousand likes on a post if it's some vacuous thing that doesn't align with who you are and what you offer and what you're solving for your customers, then you're going to wonder why it, it isn't working. Or you're going to say, well, this didn't work. I tried this. And so you've got to work backwards. What are your business goals? Where are your customers? What do they need to hear? Where are their problems? What are the challenges that your BDRs are hitting? Or if you don't have BDRs and it's just you, where are you hitting roadblocks? So you did, it's just like working through all of those little pieces and questions and then creating a plan that either gets in front of them, answers questions, make sure to meet people where they are, just filling in and like plugging in those pieces or connecting the dots so that your actions every day are tied directly to potential revenue and lead generation. And that doesn't mean you can't post fun stuff once in a while, but most of what you post should be aligned with some sort of strategic plan. Otherwise, you're just shooting in the dark and hoping that it sticks. That's what it seems like a a lot of people are doing. Let me tell you, I come from the startup world and they're just like, listen, I don't have time to wait for that to work. (laughs) Like They're just like, how long is this going to take for me to turn this into some revenue? So what do you think about with that statement? It comes up a lot. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's tough, right? Because in I'm most recently in corporate America, I'm coming from that environment as well. And they still believe very heavily in gated content. And a lot of, frankly, the less sexy forms of content marketing right now, but they're easily attributable. And you know, you can say this many MQLs, you could just rattle all of that off. It's like the cover your ass marketing yes. so that sales can't complain. And that will facilitate growth. I mean, certainly if you have the right leader who really understands these components, you can do those things and you can still grow. But are you going to get where you need to be? Are you 
understanding where your customers are going to, I mean, you're going to get that fatigue after a while when someone signs up for a webinar that's garbage and offers no value, or when someone gets 18 emails after downloading a freaking ebook that they didn't actually read. But you know, like you can only tap into that so much before they're like, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. Right. And so you've got these really amazing evangelists of the new state of marketing, demand gen in particular. And for me, in my opinion, nearly everything is demand gen nowadays. Yes. It all touches, right? It's all overlapping. Like Chris Walker, everybody talks about him. He's a friend to the show. He's been on. He's a rock star. Awesome. He really is. And everyone at Refined Labs, frankly, I have no tie to them whatsoever, other than the fact that they're all really smart people. Really smart people. Yeah. And they get it. And so this is where, unfortunately, I say unfortunately because I'm sure you've seen it too. We see a lot of content lately where people are like, find yourself a CEO who understands like, you know what? We don't have that luxury. Like we have to teach, we have to justify. And so it's towing the line. So I think that the way to overcome that challenge or that edict from senior leadership in the C-suite, especially if it comes directly from your CEO, is to ensure that you're still giving away at least 50 to 60% of your stuff without an ask and that it better be good. Like it's your A stuff. And then gate that stuff, get in your easily attributable, like all that like sexy stuff that they want to see, save that for a smaller percentage and make sure it's really, really freaking good. Because if it's not, then it doesn't matter. There's no way that you're going to be able to keep up with that over time and get the same return. And so then they're just going to chuck you, bring in someone else. So it's part education, part acquiescing a little bit, like you got to give a little but then show that what you're doing is working too. And and it's hard. It's not easy. It's part of the reason why it's easier to be a consultant right now, right? Because you yeah. can just wait for the clients who get it. Like I've never been that person. So I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who are listening right now. And you know, I know this isn't content specific, but I will tell you, I in the early days found that people who would call me in. So I I did a lot of writing and social. I was very known for social, whatever that even means. This is 2011. And people would want me to convince them that they should invest in social media strategy. And I originally used to go for that. And then I thought, why the hell am I wasting my time trying to convince people of what I do? There are plenty of people who need help, know it, and then they just need to meet me. And then I'm really just selling myself and my expertise. And that energy, like, don't waste your energy on people who don't believe in what you do. If you're in a corporate gig, that's that's a different beast. But if you're an entrepreneur and your service or product is something that you believe in and that there are people out there, you know, that they need it. Don't waste your time on trying to convince people who don't know that they need it yet. Like, get out of that, get out of that area right there, because that's exhausting. And it's going to take your energy away from meeting those meaningful prospects. Oh, thank you for saying that, because that will certainly zap your energy. And in my world with a lot of innovators and tech startup founders and folks that are putting new things out into the world, that kind of rejection over and over again by keep going to the same people who don't quite get it yet, mm-hmm. it leads to burnout with them. And I'm like, hey, you have a tribe out there. Your goal yes. as a startup is to find them. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to the demand and the strategy, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. If you need marketing campaigns and landing pages done quickly so that you can test the market with your ideas and see who's interested and then stay in touch with those people, 
You need a tool that can automate all of that. You're an innovator and you're certainly busy. Perhaps you don't have a CMO or chief marketing officer right now, or you have no plans to hire one anytime soon. And you may be doing this type of work yourself or have a new career professional or even intern helping you. You need Entreport. You can build a landing page or website in minutes. You can accept payments. You can automate marketing campaigns and the list goes on and on. I have personally been using Entreport to build, automate, and grow my business for going on seven years now. I don't recommend any tool that I haven't used and that I don't believe can help the unpolished MBA audience. Simply put, you can move and test your innovative ideas in the market faster with this tool. Don't get bogged down with too many complex tools. This is all you'll need. Go to tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport and that's spelled O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T and that's O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport. Go there to start your free trial and get started. A lot of people don't realize marketing is is a broad category. Some people just see it as posting things on social media. There's even a strategy behind that. There's a strategy behind every platform or what platforms to be on and, and things of that nature. So in the work that you've done, well, since you've been a consultant, where does your expertise predominantly lie? I would say that I'm known for and appreciated most for my writing, which is ironic because you mentioned that, but it it touches upon everything. And so I hate to say, I I don't want to ever try to come across as like the purple squirrel or the unicorn or anything like that, but I've had the honor of being a consultant, of working in account management and strategic elements within an agency, of being a VP of marketing, a head of content marketing. And so the perspective, I'm honored in that I've been able to build a career where I can understand many perspectives and the strategic as well as the creative and the deliverable component of it. But where I have focused my energy now is in helping others craft that strategy. What I've found is that with a lot of clients and and just a lot of marketing directors and above, they're so specific in one area. I mean, this is very common and it's, it's not a negative. They just lack the experience in content specifically. And so that's where my heart lies. And so where I've, I've been really focusing my energy is in helping to create those strategies and then define an editorial calendar to help them implement and get going. And so I, I still do like <laughs> air quotes. I, I do some of the implementation and I do some writing but it's not for all clients, frankly, because there are a lot of cheap writers out there and I'm not cheap, but that's because I bring all the experience. But my sweet spot is in helping craft those strategies and, and helping to guide so that your internal marketing resources can run with it. Right. Wow. So I, I know you, listen, it's great to have those done for you services. How hard yeah. is it to like speak in the voice of someone else though? You know, I have this weird, so I very much, I say this often, but I'm very much a Pollyanna. And I think that sometimes, I don't know how to say this without sounding conceited because people will tell me all the time, I've had great feedback and you pointed out that it seems so natural for me and a lot of ways it is. And so it makes me so unscientific in that regard. And that if I'm sitting here in a conversation with you, let's say, you know, you and I, Monique, we, we had several conversations. I got to know you and I, I really understood what made you tick and your customers tick. Like I would feel confident being able to jump in and start writing for you. And I've done that many times. I've done it in multiple industries, different verticals, like 
it's just my comfort zone. I, I get to know someone. I, I understand people. I think it has something to do with my empath and neurodivergence, like for whatever, I guess that's my neurodivergent superpower. There's not really a way, I, I don't think, because when I was on the on the client side of it and interviewing other writers, I quickly realized that other people weren't able to do it the way that I did. Yeah. And and I I if I if I could put my finger on that and help create something to help others do it, I feel like I would be a millionaire many times over. And so I'm sorry, that sounds very conceited and I don't mean to to say it that way, but I like, like the confidence, I do. it's natural for me. It really is. And I, I've, as I've gotten older, I'm 41 years old. I have no problem seeing that, but as I've gotten older, I've become more and more confident in recognizing my strengths and what I bring to the table. And that's one of them. I just, I guess I just have this ability to, to get to know people and then bring their voice to life. And it's an honor to do so. Well, you also have the great skill of uh, audience building. So for people who don't know what that means, can you go ahead and describe it to our audience? Yeah. Let's talk about that actually, because I think too, that there's like two pieces. And that was one of the things I decided when I came on, I'm like, I want to leave someone with an idea of like, if I'm going to build a strategy, what are the go-tos right now? What are the things that can really help me and be the hub or a hub of my content strategy? And one of them revolves around audience. And there's two components to that. So I would say building your audience and building your tribe takes a lot of work, takes consistency. Certainly it's a natural byproduct of a sound strategy, but there are two things that I recommend to help you build that tribe and that audience. And one of them is a podcast (laughs) appropriately. So, you know, it's very buzzworthy. You see a lot of people talking about it, but it really is such a natural way to do that. You're putting yourself front and center, you're putting your expertise front and center, and you're making people's lives easier, your prospective customers, or, or maybe even others in your space. I could tick off all the benefits to it, but you're naturally going to build an audience that way. And another is through community building a professional community. And I know, like you said, you work with a lot of SaaS, you work in a lot of tech. Mm -hmm. I think that there are few ways to grow a following and offer value and showcase your expertise that are more powerful right now than building a community. And I actually just worked on a project like that for a B2B company, you know, revamping and relaunching their community. And in talking to other marketing leaders, so like I, I spoke their language because I am and was a marketing leader, but people are naturally drawn to that right now. Now more than ever because of COVID, we want to connect with other like-minded people or other people who challenge our perceptions. And a community is a phenomenal way to do that, but you can't half-ass it. <laughs> and when you do that, like bringing it back to strategy, when you have a podcast, you know, spend the time or work with someone to help identify what your theme should be and the types of guests you should have on or whether you know you do solo episodes, all that. Like I know it's easy for me to say, but bring in someone to make sure that there's a strategy behind the implementation too, not just the overarching strategy, but behind everything you do. And the same for community. So you can't sell in a community. You have to provide value. It comes back to the notion of demand. But who are the people you want to bring in? What's going to resonate with them? Do they have a lot of time? Are you going to ask them to join some third-party platform that, you know, let's say if your ICP is a marketing director? No, like we don't want to log on to some other stupid thing. So like, what is going to be the easiest way to provide value to them that's going to naturally make them want to refer you? And when you do those things properly, and then you create all this content, then all of a sudden you're feeding the machine, you're feeding your strategy, the implementation of it, because off of your community, off of your podcast, you're able to create eBooks and 
videos and audiograms and blog posts and email newsletters and insights so that you're providing value in this multitude of ways and reaching more people and building a bigger audience. So like, it's also like self-feeding. It's very much like that snowball effect. But when you come at it from a, a strategic perspective, when you put that thought into doing the right thing in the right way, everything just kind of feeds into itself. And it sounds a little simplistic, but to be honest, it actually is. Mm -hmm. Just don't go half-assed, don't rush, don't go in cheap and make sure you're putting the time, effort, and energy into building things the right way. And when you do that, it becomes a very self-sufficient machine. And for strap marketing departments, in particular, marketing departments of one, two, and three, bringing in consultants to help augment and ask questions and poke holes and, and help to develop those things, I, I think is very, very powerful. And having been on the, on the receiving end of that, as well as the consulting end, I could, I could speak to that really personally. Your experience in market research, though, it just shows me as well that you've been trained to ask the right questions. <laughs> like That's a skill. Yeah. You know, I never thought about it at the time. I was just, I hated the fact that I was calling people up all the time, but I was calling on behalf of really huge brands. At one point I was doing, it was called Arbitron. Now they're owned by Niels in the radio ratings. I did projects for like Ortega and Ford and General Motors. And, and I was 19 and 20 years old hearing people talk about brands. It was really, it was great. And, and yeah, a lot of them were very specific scripts. And then as I progressed through my career too, and even like when I was in telemarketing for a very short time, I would write my own scripts and then I led teams and then I gave them those scripts. And so our teams outperformed everyone because yeah, once you kind of learn how to ask the right questions and then you bring in that like writing and intuitive and like naturally curious component, then all of a sudden you begin to refine and do better and better. And yeah, it's funny. Like I had no clue when I was a teen, like I had no idea I'd end up right here, right now, but it really was valuable. That eight fifty an hour, man, it paid off. <laughs> that was the big bucks back in the day. I, I mean, that was- what It was. Minimum yeah. wage was like six bucks. <laughs> I was rolling in it. Yes. Right. So our audience, I just want to say I'm in the tech world and most of the people in my network struggle with marketing of all kinds. So if someone wanted to work with you or learn more about what you do, how can they do that? My website is super simple. It's uh, dianamitchell.me, D-I-A-N-A-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.me. You can find me on LinkedIn at dianamitchell716. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly always available. I, I'm on Twitter. I'm just, I scale back all my social and now I'm like, oh, okay, I think I need to get back on. I also co-host a podcast called the Biz Owner 360, B-I-Z Owner 360 podcast with my friend, Brett Trainer. So I just warn you that you probably will get sick of me as you've learned, Monique, it's hard to shut me up. I love to talk. I love people. And I really do love what I do. So I'm very lucky to be in this field. And we're lucky to have you, Diana. I just want to tell you just how much I appreciate you. And I'm so glad I found you on LinkedIn. And anyone who is lucky to work with you definitely has a gem on their hands. So Diana, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your knowledge with the Unpolished MBA audience. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.